Hi, this is Dr. Lee Piccarello inviting you to tune in to The Head Game, a must-listen show for athletes and coaches of all levels and ages. Mindful Athlete Training in Newtown, Pennsylvania is a mental circuit training program that prepares the athletes to perform at the highest level of today's game. Athletes get into the zone faster and stay there longer. We're playing to the max, as we always do, Fridays here on WBCB. In the arena of ideas, let's get to it. Play the game, Dr. Lee Piccarello and Jess Ferdinand. It's time to play. Game on. Ooh. <laughs> Red pill versus blue pill. Which pill do you would you like to be? Do you remember which d- is which? Um, I think I would take the red pill, right? Is that the one that... Happens. The, 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 the red pill. You get to see everything. The red pill is. Um, you I have can, to re- I'm You continue to go down today. the rabbit hole. The blue pill is you go. Everyth- ba- yeah, you go back goes, to normal. Yeah. Yes. I mean, at that point, you you know you might as well just. Right. And remember, if, if you select the red pill, pill, the only thing that is provided is the truth. So today's discussion. I take the purple pill, but I'm 67 years old. You are, yeah. So, and then there's there's different types of pills as well. We'll get what that's. We'll save that for another show. Um, today's all about conformity, your free will, red pill, blue pill, which is our matrix reference for all of those loyal head game listeners out there that love their movies, uh, the Matrix with Keanu Reeves, and the discussion of free your mind and making a conscious decision to live and bathe in reality or something else and this is a larger point of rules in general and do we as a society have to break them to change them so as we live our lives There are rules around us every single day. Traffic rules, for instance. Abiding by them. Following them to the letter, hopefully. Do rules, as a sign of the times, get outdated? Or are rules only a sign of the environment that constructs them? Why are some people okay with conforming at all? to their environment, to their school, to how they live at home, versus others who are clearly not. Is there that type of person that simply is a rule breaker or one that prefers not to? And our sports, as we all love them, cheer for them, acting is something where we can choose to watch and engage in free will, Or are they creating something else where we're really starting to conform to the culture of fandom, to the adherence to an organization? Are we following their lead? Are are they providing a breadcrumb trail for us all the way to stadium one by one across this great nation? And we don't even realize it that we're conforming. 
But before we get into all of that and we further discuss conformity or free will, our own Jess Ferdinand is going to tell us who's got game this go-round. Thank you. Yep. So along with the larger point of breaking rules, and as of late, a lot of teams have been changing rules if you're within the sports world you'll you'll know that especially with things like the all-star game which was very recent and now um i know the nfl is talking about things baseball has so our candidate that we chose was the xfl the xfl yes i actually think we should just jump right into a video because it kind of talks better about the type of rules that are happening um let's go to number one One thing they did differently was eliminate the fair catch rule. It's the rule that ensures when the ball is kicked, the receiving team is able to catch it without being tackled by the other team. So basically, in the XFL, the guy catches the ball and then gets tackled right away. The NFL starts each game with a flip of a coin to determine who gets the ball first. The XFL starts with a player from each team sprinting toward a football and then diving at it to determine first possession. Something they called the scramble. Something Vince McMahon brought over from the pro wrestling world is an emphasis on the players' personalities. The WWF is very much built on a group of characters, and that's what he envisioned for the new league. He did this through a few different methods. Instead of the player's last name on the back of their jersey, it displayed a nickname of their choosing. All the players would wear microphones throughout the game, and there would be cameramen actually on the field to better catch the players' reactions. Now that was in 2001. Yes. And we know that that did not work out very well. It did not. It not, lasted not necessarily one the season. rules, but I think there was... From when I was doing this research, I actually had no idea really about the XFL. So I, I learned a lot, and I learned that it started from the the president of the NFL and the president of WWF. So they were like putting together these two kind of intense sports, but more so on the theatrical, dramatic side that you get from WWF, which is why there's no coin toss. It's more of like a, let's just see who gets it first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I always think that these things are really like gladiator type. Like we're like <laughs> watching people just rip each other apart, and we're like, yeah. That's my person. <laughs> That's what I think of like when I think of the XFL. There's just it's like no rules. Talking 20, about all the rules. Twenty years ago, right? Yeah. And this is interesting, though, right? When I think about the the scramble, which also it, it, it took me back to my own childhood when my uh, parents were teachers at Woodrow Wilson High School, which is now Harry S. Truman. Oh, um, really? Yeah, that's where they met mm. as teachers. I used to go to Ramnastics. Which was they their their uh, mascot was the golden ram, and I was a child, and there was uh, black versus gold, you know the end of the year yeah competition yeah. You know, yeah. every school I always had like blue gray yeah that everyone has thing. we had red and gray yeah um, and one of the contests was the scramble where but you would run a certain distance go around a cone and then both converge on the same football at the same time and i remember it was the highlight of the show where it would always become the most raucous and the most intense but one particular year two gentlemen got to the football at the same time but one outreached their arm to kind of reach grab and snatch yeah and the other gentleman came down on his shoulder oh. and dislocated oh his shoulder I was waiting so for that. <laughs> they they quickly uh 
change that yeah. rule. <laughs> <laughs> but again, sign of the times, right? So I'm a child. So this is probably mid to late seventies, right? I feel like uh, that was a good year. Yeah, it was a good year. You know, <laughs> let's just say that it's a good year. But my point being is I'm sitting here listening to the XFL of 20 years ago and asking myself why it didn't work out. And our discussion today is conformity versus free will. The mistake that they made was thinking that America, specifically football fans, wanted more free will. And you know what American football fans said to XFL the first go around? Ah, ah, ah. We like our rules. Mm-hmm. We don't want to scramble. We want someone to play football the right way. With to asses. <laughs> I knew that one was coming. Thank you, Foxy. As I've come to appreciate the rock. American yeah. <laughs> football fans made it abundantly clear to Vince McMahon in the XFL almost 20 years ago, we like our football with conformity. We like our football with rules. And what they did was they tried to take a game that is very rule-dominant and alter it. And nobody took. Yeah. Nobody went after the bait on the hook. Well, we did that in basketball, loose ball drills, and one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So the Coach K had that thing going it's, back in the Duke days. Loose ball, who gets it? Yes. Same thing. I don't know a lot about lacrosse, but isn't that how they begin? Lacrosse players with their sticks, and it's pretty like aggressive. It's it's in the middle. Yeah. There, it's it's a. I don't know what the proper term is. It's if it's a face off. Oh, I think it is a face off. But the ball is on the ground, and each stick is kind of uh, locked. Pla- no, it's it's pressing up against one another. No, they both have a half ball advantage with the ball on the okay. ground in the middle, and it's really a a technique, a, me- a mechanical maneuver. Of getting, of scooping the stick either around the ball or pulling it to them to for that advantage. It's a, it's equivalent to yeah. dropping the puck in hockey. Yeah, but the right. ball's already on the ground. Yeah, for lacrosse, right? So, but my point is, is that think about how we're hardwired, human nature wise, because I think this opens up the conversation of red pl- red pill, blue pill. Do we want to stay the same, or are we willing to take that that uncharted adventure? as it allows us to further explore who we are as an individual, how curious are we. I mean, the rule breakers, we can make the argument, if we're going to come up with a list of rule breakers versus not, the rule breakers are curious. The curiosity gets the best of the cat. That's why they act out, at least as far as our observation is concerned. So what is it about the rules that encourage those people to stand in line. Are they more fearful? Are they more conservative? We can just go on and on. We really can. Yes. Thankfully, um, we have some interesting clips that yeah. really take a different Why don't we dive. go to the second one? Because well, let's stay on the XFL okay. before Coach Cal calls them. Foxy, let's go to number two. This is almost 20 years later, and this is the XFL is back. The ever-boring kickoff is being made more exciting, with kickers standing at their own 25, but their coverage units lining up at the opposition's 35. This is intended to limit the amount of head-on full-speed collisions while simultaneously encouraging more runbacks, especially considering outright touchbacks like the ones you see nearly every kickoff in the NFL will result in the ball being placed at the 35-yard line. For offensive innovation, double forward passes are now allowed behind the line of scrimmage, simplifying the lateral system of a sideways or backwards trajectory that's required in the NFL. P. 
PATs are also being replaced with a system of one, two, and three-point options from the two, five, and ten-yard lines respectively, allowing more opportunities for comebacks and unique scoring situations. Additionally, in an effort to speed up play, the clock will be continuously run outside of the two-minute warning of each half, after which the clock will stop after every single play, giving two-minute drills more potential to completely swing the tide. The play clock is also being cut from the NFL's standard 40 seconds down to 25 once the ball is spotted to keep up that same fast pace of play. What do you think about the the rule change? Have you watched any? Um, no, I actually wanted to, and then I forgot about it, which could go to... T- <laughs> <laughs> that, <doesn't, laughs> <But I> do- <laughs> that does not speak well of the... I do think that they did well, though, like technically in view. So Foxy? I, I'm... I saw some of it. I, what was your take? Uh, it's it, it depends on who's playing quarterback. If, if you get bad quarterback play, it looks like a bad product. But there's also the, the 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 second chance guys. There's also possibly maybe there's a Roy Hobbs in there somewhere that, that got missed up. <laughs> I like there's it. Always, and, I like it. And there's more maybe for the underdog kind of thing. And I think there's more. Crash Davis is out there than Mike Trout's, so that's and, and that way. I would, what I do I would, like I is I would be more interested to watch that. I think if they just came out right and st- this is just my own, this is my psychological consultant opinion. XFL, as you, as you watching the XFL, you are, as I'm watching the XFL, just come out and say that it's a developmental league. Mm. Just come out with it. You see, because if you do that, it becomes now more of the minor league baseball phenomenon. And I can relate to this. That's in- honestly how what I thought it was. Right, it's not. But I was. They they are the talking about it loosely of why the XFL is a good idea, which will allow players who don't get that much playing time that are on the practice squad they can develop recovering from injury. Dozens of reasons that all make sense. But my point is, is that does Major League Baseball market the minor leagues as a separate entertaining experience? No. It's an extension of the big league ball club. Yeah, and that I, makes it so in, like Exactly. Exciting. But I can relate to this in going out to Arizona the last couple of years for the Sabre Analytics Conference, being in Phoenix, and literally going down, I forget the name of the highway. Uh, maybe Foxy can remember the name of the highway because he's got that kind of memory. I want to say Route 10. That That's might it. be wrong. Is it Route 10? 10 or 101, where, yep. Where, where it's literally just ballpark after ballpark after but You just keep mm. going. You, you're going, I believe, east to west. Sounds like of, heaven. Out of Phoenix, right? <laughs> no, it's Phoenix. Right, no, it's, it's Phoenix. It's Surprise, Arizona. Right. <laughs> it's Glendale. Right. And you just keep going. Yeah. And there are people that are down there that uh, vacation there, that take their spring breaks there, that are all focused on this idea of who's got next. Who's going to be the next star? Yeah. How do I get their autograph as a minor as a minor leaguer who just got drafted, and that card's going to be worth a gazillion dollars in 20 years? I was at the Fall Stars game, and Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. played third. Pete Alonso played first. You get the rest of the pay. And I think that the XFL should do that. Just come out and say, this is our NFL minor leagues. Do, because do I think players have an option you to get play a different, the NFL? No. But presently for the XFL? No, they're, in, they're independently contracted athletes. Because I saw an athletes. entire interview of, I think he was a quarterback. I, I should know his name. I forget it. And they're asking him, like, do you, does this, do you want to go try and play again? And he's, and, you know, it's like a whole interview about that. There are, of course, athletes, the mass majority of them are playing to get their big break in the NFL. They're all looking for the Kurt Warner story where they were stocking shelves and then they go off to, um, not the NFL, Europe. Europe. NFL Europe. NFL Europe, but then he he played indoors as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was an NFL Europe for a little hmm. while. It reminds me of uh, street ball. Like Which goes all the way little... back to the World Football League and the Barcelona Dragons. Right. That was my big shot back in 93. When and I think the, of Europe, I just go to, the I just go to football. <laughs> it's a quarter past the hour, and we can't get too excited because you know what time it is. We're talking red pill. We're talking blue pill. We're talking going down the rabbit hole. We're talking about bathing in reality day in and day out. And nobody, I mean nobody, is more real than Coach Cal. It's time for Coach Cal's Corner and John Kalinowski from the Kalinowski Performance Academy. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You guys are all amped up today. I like it. It's red pill, blue pill, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, how can you talk about, you know, the Matrix without feeling some kind of some kind of good stuff, you know, deep down no in doubt. your soul, right? Yeah. Whether it's the martial arts montage, whether it's the music, whether it's um, just the whole concept, whether it's just to have that discussion. Our, our, our discussion today, Cal, is all about conformity or free will. And we're just simply calling it red pill, blue pill. First and foremost, which we need to get out of the way right away, <laughs> what kind of guy are you? Are you the red pill guy where you want to find out the truth and go down the rabbit hole? Or are you the blue pill guy that's just gotten used to life and you just want more of the same? Hmm, that's a good question. It um, is a good question because most people would naturally assume, oh, I'm definitely a red pill guy. But if you really yeah. think about what that opens up, this whole idea of free will... As we've all seen, whether it's on stage or the metaphors that come with it, be careful what you wish for, because free will, while enticing, has really no limits. Yeah, and when, true. Right? And then when the, li the limitless experience comes, then that's not always positive. So red pill, blue pill, Cal. I'm thinking uh, it's situational, but... Uh... I think in my profession, I'm more of a, a free will guy. I think in other aspects of my life, I'm more conform, a conformity type of an individual. Okay, but uh, good answer. Yeah, I like I, it. I, I, I think again, it's a, as we've always been saying that there's an individual aspect to, to everything that you talk about uh, when it comes to the person and the experiences that they have in life and how they perceive things in life. Do you but, think uh, rules have to be broken first to change them, Cal? I'm sorry, say again? Do you think that rules have to be broken first in order for them to change? I think when the rules are broken, it brings about more awareness because uh, those individuals who are into conformity just follow the rules, follow the rules, follow the rules. And until something adverse happens, I think that's when it has its biggest impact to make a change. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think to some extent that's, Usually the trigger to get things done is when something's broken, that's when people try to fix it. I think that's an outstanding point, Cal. I, I my, Just because it's been in the news, I go right to the Kobe Bryant story, and now all of the um, discussion that's being had about the type of navigational system that should have been on his helicopter to help determine low-altitude obstacles like mountains. Yeah. 
um, mm-hmm. was not on his particular helicopter. And when you say adversity, very often I find we are more of a reactive society. I think yes. the wiser that we get uh, philosophically, economically, emotionally, as a nation, as a world... I'd like to think that we're becoming more proactive, but I think there's something very specific about the nature of rules that some people see more as restricting that they resist until something horrible or catastrophic happens. It's almost analogous to like the no helmet law. You know, I, I've got a good buddy who lives up in New Hampshire. Uh, he's actually been a guest on the show. Uh, we went to Pennington together. He's from Ewing, New Jersey. Um, and, you know, their state motto in New Hampshire is live free or die. That's their state Pretty motto. The option. That, that is the option with no helmet. Right, exactly. That's the option, right? <laughs> yeah. But But when you go up into that part of the area and you're in the White Mountains and you're driving down the Kangamangas Highway, and you see people on their motorcycles, they live this philosophy. You can't tell them what to do. Um, They're very pro-NRA. They believe the right to bear arms and protect themselves. I mean, we can go on and on and on. When, When you're thinking about this notion of rules versus conformity, Cal, where do you think that comes from for people? Um, I I think a lot of it has to do with your nurturing as you grew up and um, you know, obviously the environment that you grew up in and your experiences, you know, things that you have had happen in your life that may have been positive or negative have uh, influenced you to have a certain perspective on how you want to live your life. And I do think there are some traditions like family tradition, maybe there could be some um, relation to uh, religion or lack of religion. I think, um, it could be, you know, in some cases, um, an ethnic type of a situation. But I do think it's a lot of where, how you were raised and what you were exposed to and who, who influenced you that makes you um, have a certain belief system and live your life a certain way or at least want to live your life a certain way. What do you think about genetically when someone's identified as just a bad apple? who's constantly breaking the rules. You're, you're talking a lot about environment when you're talking about following them, how we're raised, um, the presence of discipline or structure in our life is not always the solution. There are those individuals that um, just don't abide by that. Do you think that there's a genetic component to uh, anarchy, for lack of a better term? Uh, I do, I do, and I think that you would have a much more, a much better perspective on it because you probably see it way more than I would um, on a professional level. I'm going to disagree with you, Cal. I, I'm going to disagree with Coach Cal. You know why? Because I do think you see it just as much as I do in your line of work. It just takes a different form. Maybe. You know, of the athletes that come to see you. Let's take, for instance, uh, a class that you put together that you know is a well-oiled machine that, that, that does the job, right? That gets the job done. 
But there's always that one athlete that is clearly sticking out like a sore thumb for all the wrong reasons. Not because (laughs) – you know what I'm talking about. That's the the familiar chuckle, right? You know what I'm talking Uh about. Why do you think that is? What is it about that particular athlete that is in a a safe, supportive, nurturing environment like KPA? What do you think is encouraging them to just break free from the herd? I don't. I really don't know. Um, I think in some cases, again, you know, it has to do with. And you brought this up last week. A lot of times, it's their self confidence. You know, it's the person that needs to stick out to feel good about themselves. In many cases, um, I don't. I've I've never really had a situation where it was just somebody who seemed like they were just, you know, really uh, an outlier, or real, really, you know, just wants to be evil and or anything like that. I, I think it usually it has to do with an ego and and making them feel better about themselves. But if they if they're if they're doing that, I understand what you're saying. If they're doing that as part of a like we discussed last week, a confidence game, what happens to that rule following when we get a little bit older? Like you know, we've talked about programs and discipline and culture and all of these things that are encouraging how people respond to the rules that are put down in front of them. Because let's face it, I think the biggest smack in reality, and I want your take on this, for most amateur athletes is figuring out that they get to a certain stage in their career, their development, that if you're not following the rules, you're on the outside looking in. What, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I think you're, you're 100% right there, um, especially for you know maybe that college athlete, even high school, high school athlete trying to go to college, college athlete trying to go professionally. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a new standard at you know each level, and coaches don't want to have to deal with you. Organizations don't want to have to deal with you if you're going to be a problem. Um, they want they want you to conform, like we, you you brought up earlier, um, to what their policies are, what their rules are, what their expectations are. And for some, and you know, we've seen it. I don't want to name any of the athletes, but we have seen it at the pro level where, you know, these athletes were were relatively good and stood out in college. And then when they got to the pros, um, their personality really came out. Um, they. Uh, just basically ruined their careers or opportunities to have a great career in probably one of the greatest businesses um, in, in the United States or even in the world, being like the NFL. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's a, a huge problem for a lot of them. Speaking um, of the NFL and global sports in general, uh, one of the things that we, we led off the, the top of the hour with was a, was a question of – and I, I want you to to give me your take on this. Do you think that pro sports, Cal, is encouraging uh, a line of cattle <laughs> that it's all leading to the same trough? What I mean by that is, is it encouraging subconsciously a society of conformists where they're all, if you think about the notion of the home field advantage, it's just one massive statement of conformity, right? Yeah. Wear your colors, paint your face, uh, bleed eagle green, right? We, we've heard it all. We've perhaps lived it all. I've seen you in your Steelers hat, right? Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you gear up, you get ready. Do you think that we're really engaging in free will when we watch and attend these sports 
or do you think it's actually encouraging us to conform without realizing it? I think for for some it may be that initially it's free will based because you're deciding to do it. You're deciding to be a fan of a certain team or you know really liking certain individuals, a certain sport, certain organization. But ultimately, yeah, I, I do think um, it's almost not ex- this extreme, but mostly you know cult like where you know now you become you know part of that bigger unit. You are drawn to it. It's something that's very important to you, and like you said, you are conforming to you know, certain standards. So, yeah, I could I could see that. You know, I could definitely see that. I never thought of it that way, but I could definitely see it. And that's one of the things I love most about, you know, the program on Fridays is that you always bring things up to make me look at things in a different way than I would normally look. I'm not going to alert the media that you just referred to most uh, fans as being cult-like, but I think it really puts an exclamation point on the larger picture, which is all about once we choose to do something and we fall in line, do we lose this concept of free will? Final question, Coach Cal. Conformity or free will, red pill, blue pill. If you're choosing to go down the rabbit hole, my man, And in today's world, 2020, we have very little understanding about what the next chapter is going to look like. What would you encourage your athletes to do? Red pill, continue the journey, or blue pill, stay where you are? Mm, That's really good. Um, I would say if they want to succeed in... The, uh, the sport or at the level that they want to achieve, they're going to have to conform uh, from a standpoint of doing what it takes, doing what is expected, and maturing to that per- you know that level, that purpose, uh, especially if it's professional sports. You have to understand now that it is also a business and understand the aspect of the business and where you are in that business and conduct yourself as that cog in the wheel of that business. Um, I also believe that you should not lose your identity and who you are, who you, what you believe in, and continue to stay strong to that as well. But to understand that if you want to succeed in an industry, whether it's athletics or just business in general, um, there are going to be rules, there are going to be standards and expectations. And for you to continue to succeed in that, you need to conform so that you can have the best life that you would love to have. Coach Cal. Thank you so much, my man. As per usual, your passion and your wisdom, they shine through. And we're going to hear from you next week, same time, same bat time, same bat channel. Coach Kalinowski from the Kalinowski Performance Academy. Thank you, sir. And have a good week. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. All right, my man. Be good. The head game continues. We're cracking skulls. That's what we're doing in here today. Dr. Lee Piccarello and Jess Ferdinand. Yeah, I got a question. Uh. Does Barry Manilow know you raid his wardrobe? <laughs> You'll find the answer out to that, Mr. Bender, next Saturday. Breakfast Club. There you go. Yeah.
Yeah, you don't know it well enough. See, you didn't, My, you, you didn't grow up in didn't the really, 80s. It's yeah. not the cult classic, you see. It's not in your blood. I do think that my mom Jessica. did a good job of enforcing Certain her movies, generation. Good for her. Mom, well she done. She still makes me watch them. Like, oh, you have to watch. That's how she says. Performing, <laughs> yes. not performing. All the right moves. All the be, right moves. Stefan Georgievich. Yes. AKA Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Craig T. Nelson. See that? My mind was not um, in the 80s movies. <laughs> Coming off from the break, we were talking 16 about... 16 Candles, pretty in Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we were right. talking about Red Pill. <laughs> I'm trying to change the conversation. So during the break, we were talking about athletes and their counterparts that would be more of the equivalent Red Pill, Blue Pill. So this is what we're just going to call the, the Red-Blue game. Okay, Red's down the wormhole, rabbit hole. Yeah. Blue is more about conformity. Who'd, right. Who'd, who'd you come up with? Who, who are we doing first? Blue or red? Let's go red. Okay. Red's fun. Red's fun? Yeah. Why is red fun? Because are you, it's are bad. You, are you insinuating that breaking the rules is fun? Well, we're going to get into this. That's, but more, that's more part of I have, your, yeah. your DNA now. You see, you're more of a risk taker. That You're more of a red pill gal. You're more of a nonconformist. You're, you're a little bit more of a red pill, I would you say. You think? I think I'm... I, I can... <laughs> You think you you'd like to think that you conform? I I like to think I do, but I well, think if I on. don't have to, I I won't. But there's two ways of conformity. That makes sense. There's conforming through action, but yeah. there's also conformity of thought. Definitely not thought. No. 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 You're more, you're definitely more of a red pill thinker. That's an interesting take. The thought versus the yeah. That's what I do. I I, I take yeah. I take the normal and I construct the sublime. Well, give me your red pills. For athletes, yeah. Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. right? For sure. Um, Allen Iverson, yeah, right. J- just think of just think of typical bad boys. You know, you go into uh, Bill Romanowski in football, former San Francisco 49ers, Boston College outside linebacker. Yeah, I'm trying to think of every. Literally, sport. would go on record saying, "Now this is a sign of the times that he was looking to hurt people," right? <laughs> <laughs> and had no problem yeah. with being coined a dirty player. Just a, a rule breaker slash heartbreaker, right? Yeah. Or is it rule taker or mm. heartbreaker? Pat Benatar? Ali Frazier. Is there any baseball? Ali Frazier. Uh, okay, Blue Pill. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. Derek Jeter. Mike Trout. Oh, Mike Trout. He's, and and they, yeah. they actually, hold on, they actually did a commercial about this. We've talked about this. Have you seen the commercial where he's addressing Major League Baseball and he's actually speaking to people should tell me I should be more exciting. Mm. He's addressing that very topic because apparently you see this is an instance, think about the psychological um interplay between baseball fans and superstars there's a fair amount of people that want more from mike trout they don't like how he's such a conformist they like his numbers they 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 like how it impacts the home team yeah but they want more from him they want what we're calling more personality more pizzazz that's arguably him conforming to that not conforming to it. correct yeah that's him being more of a he's red... A, he's thinking... He's, he's a, a red pill thinker. Yeah, he's a red pill thinker. But he's a blue pill walker. Kawhi Leonard. Ben Simmons. Bart Starr. 
Blue Pill. Joe Namath. Blue Pill. Blue Pill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not Red Pill. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Joe Namath. The 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 Bart that, Star. That generation. Packers. Red Pill. Packers. Bart Star. Yep. Right. Blue, Tiger Woods. Blue Pill. Right. Uh, AFL NFL. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you get into this whole dichotomy. What are we really discussing here? Packers Raiders. People? Their personalities. We're talking about the. Look this one up. Duality of man. Duality of man. Yeah, well, mankind. All people. Duality of mankind. Right. Well, it's duality of man. That's what we're discussing here. That's what it's evolving into. That's our own evolution here, right? It's, you know, I was also thinking, it kind of made me think, like, when you... When you have someone like Allen Iverson, who's known as like defining a generation, you know, he wore the arm sleeve and now everybody wears arm sleeves, but it was considered like bad. Like I said before, like I was, I was really natural with thinking that it's bad, but after the fact, it's like, wow, you changed the game. You think of like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, like it was considered like your guys are losers. You're working in your, in your parents' garage and now they're. They they actually they really changed the world. Yes, but but we can make the argument with that statement that nonconformity is the foundation for global evolution. Right. For a because breakthrough. It, because if we're all here's here's a much deeper philosophical point. What happens to the human race if we all follow the rules? I just think of like this like Monogamous, like just well, I'll a take group it one. I'll people. take it one step further. Roller not belt. smiling. We die. Yeah, we die. If we don't adapt, which typically comes through the pushback when we break the rules, where we genuinely learn to, as we say with our athletes, become more comfortable with being uncomfortable. That statement. Its origin goes all the way back to the nonconformists, the rule breakers. The people are saying, no, I'm I'm not going to comply. It goes back to the Henry Fords who says, no, 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 no. I can mass produce the Model T. I can make a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. I don't have to spend a year making 30. I can make 300 in a day. That's totally outside of the norm. It's frowned upon. Every aspect of the Industrial Revolution has much to do with nonconformity. But this is the thing. When we look at those historical moments and then we explore those biographies, the mass majority of those people were more than likely deemed as problem children. Yeah, They were put into the category of bad. They were put into the category of rule breaker. And this goes back to something that Coach Cal mentioned earlier in our discussion. If it's not genetic which I was talking about, and it's more environmental, which is what he was talking about, then we look at how those people were raised. Which red pill, blue pill now becomes nature versus nurture. It becomes the yin and the yang. Hmm. The the duality of man. I could go as far as saying, which might be a pretty bold statement, that all humans... Make a bold statement. I'm going to make a bold statement. Go ahead. That all humans are born to want to non-conform. Because I, I, I think when I was doing some research, I think we're, we're technically we're homo sapiens. Sapiens. Sapiens, yeah. Yes. Biologically, we as a human race survived because of our nonconformity to our environment. I so, think that's an accurate statement. Yeah. I, I, well, I had some research to go along with my bold statement, so that made sense there. But 
I, I think that these like people who don't do it, that's maybe why they become problematic yes. because they're holding it in. Now that might be seen sound to you like a red pill statement that we are nonconformist as Homo sapiens, and that is why we have evolved. But I'm going to make the argument that that in fact is a blue pill statement because you're putting me in a blue pill category. No. I'm suggesting that the topic that you just brought up is more blue pill worthy. And this is why. Because the very nonconformists that have led to evolution have led to war and mass murder. Which arguably can lead to our own demise. Our own destruction of self. And that's more red pill. This... um. I have to change my train of thought because very ever so slightly I'm starting to think more of a in a political like when you think of socialism Uh-oh. I know I don't want to talk about it and you think of things like that and well, they, the, the primaries are going on it's, yeah, it's that's all probably ar- why it's, on, it's all around wa- yeah, it's all around us right you're bringing up the notion of socialism right <laughs> there were there were there were a lot of um, but essentially like dropping point, moments yeah. in the last uh, democratic primary right there's a lot of buzz about what people say to and about one another, especially on a national stage, um, bringing light to their history, their prior behavior. But again, let's let's just take the without even mentioning names. Let's just take the primary debate okay. as an example. Yeah, you're going to look at certain people that are conformists to following the rules. They gently put their hand up and they wait to be called upon. Then there are the others that blurt out. Yeah. (laughs) That speak over and talk over people. And it's not about political party here. It's simply about human nature. What do we do as critics thereafter when we watch that debate? The people that are saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, what are we labeling them as? Bold, strong, opinionated, Dominant. And the ones that are waiting their turn, the conformists, how are we rating their debate? Poor, sloppy, slipping behind the, the pack. Yeah. Right? So think about society in what we really want to see. What feeds our soul? I think it's more red pill. I think red yeah. pill feeds the soul. Which speaks to your point early of of us being human beings and the red pill mentality leading to our evolution. The red pill mentality. We should we should um Is that a registered trademark? Yeah, we should trademark that. Yeah. You can't really? handle the truth. Oh. <laughs> what movie is that from? Um Do you know that? Um I can give you like five guesses. That's Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson oh. and Few Good Men. A few good men. Tom Cruise. He has a, a wonderful I have monologue. To, I, have to bring a I wouldn't be surprised if Foxy has the entire can. thing logged in there somewhere. It's just chopped up into little <laughs> convenient pieces. I have a statement that it doesn't have to necessarily, although we were talking about, we got a little bit into um, politics. It doesn't have to be a political candidate. It can be anybody. But I think that in, the, in that setting, the person who you are more likely to follow is really telling of, who, of what pill you technically would take. If you, I, I didn't put it nicely into a sentence. But Outstanding point. Yeah. And it's okay to talk about politics because, you see, politics is just another aspect of life that moves us, that stirs us. There are the same type of people that are literally 
maybe not literally, painting their faces, but have their buttons on and their hats and their colors. And what are they doing? They're driving themselves along with the masses to invest time, energy, spirit, money into what they believe in. That's absolutely no different than going to a football game. Nothing. The only thing that's different is the setting. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's different. The phone's ringing off, ringing off the hook here at WBCB. Ooh, our, po- our political conversations. <laughs> I kidding either. It's probably, it's clearly someone they? calling in, <laughs> wanting to know exactly what is going on with the head game. This, 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 this deviation from the script. It is. A t- we did take a hard, hard like right. It's okay, but they right do inter- they do intersect. You talked about talking about movies. You know the. The Breakfast Club. You could run Rebel Without a Cause. It's still the same movie. Yes. You know? Excellent point. You've got the... Same character. The outcast. Right. Same plot. Mental illness, bullying, guns, peer pressure. Why do movies tend to do that? They tend to rewrite the same story because they... Why? You psychologist, aspiring one. Because it works. (laughs) Because it's true. Because it... That's what people want. They want to see... Because it's human nature. Because the core principles of how we behave, the no tr- the, 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 this concept of what we'll just loosely call behaviorism, how we behave in that, that notion of life, there are universal truths that will never change. Yeah. When you watch a movie. Because we are homo sapiens, they'll never change. See, I got that word out there. You did. You word did. of the day, homo sapiens. <laughs> See how no, long no, you can phrase use it. of the day: red pill mentality. Yeah, yeah. Red, red pill mentality. Write that down. Red pill mentality. Our own RPM. Oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I hear an equation forming. <laughs> uh oh. Get Luke on the phone. <laughs> I ain't kidding neither. I Foxy, feel, let's yeah. go to. We're going to take a yeah. breath. We're going to exhale. Gonna say we're going to take go, a breath. We have some interesting top, like videos. Foxy, let's go to number four. This is a little lengthy. I might shut it down a little early because my juices are are flowing over us. This is our sports, the true opiate of the masses. Cancel the Super Bowl or America dies. Our Bill of Rights and Constitution is being dismantled. And sports is the new God. It's seen as what is good and wholesome and pure. Don't get me wrong. Little League football, soccer, you know, jogging in a marathon, that's great. If you are involved in it or your family is. But it's very, very sick that people uh, get depressed if their team loses or get euphoric, uh, you know, like they've won the lottery when their team wins. This is scientifically crafted mental illness. If you go back to the time of Rome, uh, at the peak of their empire 2,000 years ago, uh, Cicero and others, historians at the time, wrote about how as the empire got more and more corrupt, it consciously funded more arenas, more sports stadiums, more gladiatorial events, more horse races, because as long as the people had a spectacle uh, to invest their psychological worth in future in, they didn't mind if they were becoming poorer or being overtaxed or being enslaved. People dress up in war paint and they get all serious and they go down and yell and scream for their team. Meanwhile, 
They don't know the three branches of government. They don't know what their state capital is. They're not involved in politics. Scientifically crafted mental illness. That is a mouthful. And let me just make it abundantly clear. There are aspects of what that gentleman is saying that I don't necessarily align with. I believe there's a disclaimer that I hear on WBCB that they don't necessarily represent the opinions or remarks of those that are actually talking on the air. Something along that description. I think it's Merrill yes, who says that. Yes. yes. That's our disclaimer. That's our disclaimer. So let me make my disclaimer. I don't necessarily agree with everything that Mr. Radical, we'll just call him that, is making. It's definitely Mr. Radical. He's right? probably never been to a sporting event He's in his said, life. Right. Sports is the the new god but that's why they call it the nation the but nation there is something about the sentiment mm-hmm. that i believe makes sense when he starts to talk about ancient rome and the roman empire they dominated for i think close to a century and a half and why this is very relevant for me is that my son presently is taking an ap uh history class and I have been trying to convince him to watch Gladiator with me. Okay? Right? And when you talk about the notion of the Roman Empire and their domination, there is, in, for those of you who have not seen Gladiator, which is just really a, a bucket list, check it off, must see, um, Commodus, who is the son of the king, I'm not going to really divulge anything more than that, in the celebration of his anointment as ruler, I should say, as Caesar, not king, as Caesar, gives the Roman people, in honor of himself, 100 days of gladiator games. So imagine the Super Bowl, folks, on a Sunday... And then 99 more times in a row. That's what ancient Rome used to do. And they then gladiators who were slaves, who were brought in as entertainment to literally, we who are about to die salute you. That's what they would say to the Caesar before that they would compete. Were sacrificial lambs for entertainment. They would throw food to the crowds that would become frenzied. Uh, Obviously, how this impacted society and culture, many people, and you can't really deny the historical truth to it, suggest that it's the foundation for the modern-day football game. If you think about the nature of the pads and the protective gear and obviously... um, Contests are not to the death, but let's face it, facts. Let's face it, folks. The facts suggest that sometimes, tragically, catastrophically, people have been killed on the field. So, what does that teach us as far as conformity versus free will? And what exactly are we promoting when we go to these events? What are we saying about our own society and our own culture? After listening to his video, the first question that comes up is, is he wrong? Is he really wrong? I don't think he's really wrong. I think his presentation is radical and over the top. It might have to be for him to get this type of point across first. But, you know, and then it moves to, okay, so he's saying how you really shouldn't get euphoric when your team wins and you really shouldn't get depressed when your team loses. That's why he's considering it a mental illness. And then I can pull that up 
a little further and say sports is almost addicting. It's an addiction. Oh, no, it, it, it is. I think we've had a show on it. We have. And then it gets into the, the nature of the adrenaline and what's being promoted. We've done a host of shows with different angles that leads back to the addiction principle. Um, we've talked about how different types of IT companies are now being founded by neuroscientists that are looking at addiction models and putting those yeah. into our smartphones in the form of apps so that we use them longer. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to the likes or the approvals. There's, a, there's built-in delays. We're delaying gratification. It's a classic conditioning model that goes all the way back to the Pavlovian dog. Maybe it's the FOMO sapiens that we're now <laughs> now breathing. And to his <laughs> no, point, no, 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 that right there, that that's a that that can go down as a timeless classic right there. I, I want you to cut that, Foxy, and I want that in your cuts next time. All right, okay, because that's how good that is. Yeah, it actually that and that whole conversation goes right to his point. How in gladiator times, by you know completely just overstimulating the the people with. Um, games in it essentially you those people didn't really understand what was happening they didn't what understand. the hell's going on out here yeah thank they, you Vince Lombardi something would happen and they'd be like whoa what happened like, red pill who's in charge of all of this red pill kind Ultra of the same red. thing same right. thing with what you're saying with social media with the younger generation you just kind of they know that they can attract them because they're kind of tweaking it it's a little scary the way at which it was depicted back to the Roman Empire for just a moment. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? (laughs) Are you not entertained? (laughs) (laughs) Maximus. The first one wasn't good enough. Strength and honor. And now I have to watch it today. I was going to watch The Matrix. Now Uh, I have to watch that again. Maximus. I watched Gladiator. It was my favorite movie. Yes, I was in... I was very young. I was probably in kindergarten when I decided that was my favorite movie. <laughs> so you could probably tell the type of person I am. But I can't watch the movie. I The same emotions happen to me. I cry at the end. I feel like, yeah, I can go like take on the world. That's the kind of movie I like. <laughs> it, it is. Because, Coach Carter, kind of same. But uh, but here, what gets what, what what's really dreams. what's really happening to us though, as the Homo Sapien, mm-hmm. when we're watching the film. We're, we're, what's, what's getting elicited in us? What's getting activated? You see, we quickly find Those out, is there, is there a general Maximus in all of us? Yes, or you want them to be. Do we, do we conform with the dictator or do we break free and create our own story? You see? And that's the underpinning back to what we discussed earlier in Foxy's point of why these films and the core plot doesn't have to change because it speaks to humanity. It speaks to the to the core principles of how we live our lives, of how we respond to authority, of the 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 individual segments, the variables of how we all kind of put ourselves together in this huge holistic pie of life. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. A few good men. Yeah. Was that Colonel Jessup? Yes. Oh! <laughs> Nathan R. Jessup, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Yes, there's a lot of really interesting things that were just said. Uh, but, like, yeah, when you're watching the video, I think it's like 
it's what you want to do. It's it's what you really want to do. And you're watching and you're it's like, a, yeah, do it. Like it, you're in your head. You're like, please don't give up. That's what I would do. You don't want to give up. Right. Because then now, you're like, would I give up? What would I do in that situation? Because that's the beauty of the cinema, right? That's the beauty of the film. It's bringing that it's out a good in us. Film. It's helping us identify our own level of free will and how much we want to use it. And now... Dr. Lee's Mindful Athlete Minute brought to you by Volvo Country with locations in Princeton, Bridgewater, and Edison. Our brain is one unit with two equal halves that are split right down the middle. While research has concluded that parts of it do different things, one side being analytical and the other artistic, it remains a mystery as to the depth of what the brain can achieve. On one side is the good little schoolboy that follows the rules, stays in line, sits up straight, and follows the teacher's instructions to the letter, model. On the other side is the one who breaks the rules, cuts the line, blurts things out, and frequents the principal's office on a regular basis, problem. The truth is we neither prefer the rules or seek anarchy. We are all animals just trying to survive. You see, for when we deem a situation a crucial one, breaking the rules is less about consequence and more about when do we start. For if the outcome is something mandatory, then the rules and the laws no longer apply. We throw our check and balance system out the window and place that moment in a special category all to itself. This provides liberation and gives us freedom. It's a momentary lapse of reason in the societal structure that the masses abide by each and every day. The day we get to make the active choice to either stand in line or run free is the one where red pill, blue pill, not our free will, rules the day. My name is Dr. Lee Piccarello, and that's my Mindful Athlete Minute. 